The Road to Cinema podcast welcomes the director of the new documentary, The Eagle Huntress, Otto Bell, opening in New York and Los Angeles on Wednesday, November 2nd. The Eagle Huntress tells the story of a 13-year-old nomadic Mongolian girl who is the first female eagle hunter in 12 generations of her Kazakh family. Director Otto Bell shares how he put together this intense cinematic experience with a very small crew, though able to get extraordinary results. The film is narrated by actress Daisy Ridley of Star Wars The Force Awakens. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, please visit jogroadproductions.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, to get interviews with Don Cheadle, Greta Gerwig, Moon Zappa, Saul Rubinek, and many more. And don't forget, the latest updates are available at Jog Road on Twitter, Jog Road Productions on Facebook, where you can like our page, and follow us on Instagram at Jog Road Productions. Don't forget to write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page for the Road to Cinema podcast. And now we join director Otto Bell as he shares his thoughts on the making of this new documentary, The Eagle Huntress, which opens in New York and Los Angeles on Wednesday, November 2nd. I learned about this through the incredible photographs that were taken. Yeah. And I was curious, you know, what inspired you from those photographs where you thought that there was a film? Um, I saw Rush's photos the day they came out. And I remember to this day I was in my cube at work. And... Um, a few things, like uh, the, the landscape, the way he shot the landscape, it was like a watercolor. It was like purples and blues and reds and oranges. And it was the Altai Mountains. I thought those were fantastic. And I saw, she was training with Aglai's bird at the time, with a darts bird, and it was enormous. It has like a seven, eight foot wingspan. And you see it in the picture in flight, and it just looks kind of prehistoric and amazing. And then I saw Rashapan and she was smiling and beautiful and I thought yeah God there's got to be a film behind that <laughs> you know so uh, like we were talking about before how well prepared were you to capture some of this footage uh, initially uh, first trip not very well prepared at all um, I went out there with Asha and a cameraman I know called Chris Raymond and my thinking was to talk to the family about the possibility of making a film and maybe capture a little bit of daily life, you know, like show that she was alive and she walked and talked and and moved and and these was this is where she lived and it almost cut together like a few minutes for like a, like for potential financiers to just to, as a proof of concept kind of thing. But the day that we arrived was the day that they were ready to steal the eagle, so we had to go. We had to be ready for that. So. We, we, you know, everybody who could hold a camera did, <laughs> including her. We'd put a, a little GoPro, I had a GoPro in my rucksack, and we put that underneath a cardigan. Uh, this is the Eagle Steel, which became yeah. the first act. This happened, like, literally the first day. Right at the beginning there. of the film, very crucial scene. Yeah, yeah. And that was, like, literally the first day that we arrived. We, we were talking about making a film, and he said, oh, well, we're going to steal this Eagle. we got to go, because this is the window. So we jumped on it, and... Um, uh, Chris was afraid of heights so he wouldn't go up the cliff but he had he had the C300 which was our best camera at the time and he filmed the whole thing as kind of like as a as a wide as a safety and then Asher um, he, he he 
did the video. He he went up with me and used his DSLR to shoot next door to the to the nest, and then we had a GoPro on her. And we did the whole thing in about 10, 12 minutes, one take. Incredible. Mother <laughs> eagle, we couldn't like, and we didn't have the language, we didn't have the rhythm down. We were just following them doing their thing. Because I know you came from making a lot of branded content, a lot of short sure. form stuff. Yeah. This being your first documentary feature, I mean, yeah. did you ever have any idea that your first feature would be under these very intense uh, circumstances? Well, I'd always made um, like documentary style stuff. I, I never made like big 30 second spots or anything like that. I was always working with kind of less money, but same commercial expectations. You know, the client would give you less money because it was kind of documentary style, but they still want like a high level of polish. Yeah. Um, but I, I made more short documentary style films outside of America in foreign language countries than I think I've ever made, you know, in English. So I was used to working with real people in through translators in foreign countries, often in remote conditions. Yeah. Um, but it was with somebody else's money, it wasn't with mine. <laughs> and that, that changes things greatly, that changes things enormously. I, w I knew I wanted, I wanted to make a feature film, I was looking for a subject, I thought this was fantastic. But the funny thing, the, the great thing that happened here is that I got to be there when it started. And oftentimes with documentaries, yeah. you know, you, you have to fill in a blank, You're right? Catching Some, up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Something has occurred to occasion the need for this documentary. So you, you use archive, you use interview, you, you fill in that gap retrospectively. Um, here, I landed and we filmed the major first step to becoming a full eagle hunter. So that was great, but it also took away that knowledge of being able to block something out. You know, I didn't yeah. know where it was going to go. I didn't know if it was going to be a 10-minute film, a half hour, 40-minute short, an hour maybe for TV, or if it was going to sustain feature length. And, and the chain of events that unfolded was, you know, really frightening because, you know, she kept on, things kept happening. You know, yeah. the, the, the elders would say, oh, well, she's, she, she won, but she didn't win. She's got to do this to become a full hunter. And she wanted to do that. So... They were going to do that regardless. So we had to be back for that. So we had to find the means to get back there. And th so that was quite frightening because th that sort of ability to present a treatment and, uh, you know, roughly block out your, your timeline. Yeah. That was all that, that was gone. Because you have to prove to people that, you know, the story is evolving and show them that in a way. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, for me personally, oh, for you, like yeah. as, as I try to like, Oftentimes with those shorts, you know, you're going in and you're telling something in retrospect. Mm. So, you know, roughly where you think it, you can steer the course a little bit. You know, it's like you, you land with a map, yeah. right? As opposed to, in this case, where all I had was a compass, right? And like, well, let's maybe go this way and see what happens. Yeah. You know, the two different ways of making a film. What was really impressive is the cinematography because yeah. when you look at it, you don't think documentary. You think almost like this is like a grand epic. Yeah, we wanted that film. Yeah, we, we we made the film with three people, but we wanted it to feel like thirty people made it because the landscape out there is is so vast. It's so extraordinary. The characters are so beautiful and compelling. Yeah, we had to do justice to it. So. Again, it's about bringing commercial production standards to a shoestring budget. 
and what tools have you got that we could do that with? So that's where Simon, my director of photography, I give, I give him credit for that because he, he, I said I wanted like a big cinematic feel to do justice to what, what I was seeing out there. Yeah. And he brought a bag of tricks. He brought a crane that folded away into a bag, into a snowboard bag, you know, which gave us a nine meter crane. He brought a drone, he brought a Ronin um, uh, Steadicam, he brought everything that gave us that polish and that finish without having to interrupt them, without having to, to, to stall everything and set up lights and all that sort of thing, you know. He was constantly, you know, when the A7S came out halfway through the film, he brought one of those so that we could do some lovely low light stuff. You know, he was constantly yeah. on top of things to improve the standard of what we were doing, despite the, 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 the you know, minuscule budget. Yeah, and I think that shows that even with limited resources, you can make something look like it's a grand... With modern know, technology now, experience. you absolutely can. They're good at it. So like, I, my rushes, my first film, it was an absolute mess. And Pierre took like nine months to smooth it out to the point that it, it, it is at now and it feels slick and it feels... You know, it rolls along. That's that's all down to Pierre as well. Yeah.